Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Now he's had to deal with the collapse of his political career and now newts. Poor Boris Johnson just wanted to build a swimming pool at his £3.8 million house, but according to the local council, the building work might pose a threat to the local population of great crested newts. So what's the balance between development and protecting wildlife? The author and environmentalist Aina Nilauna joins us now. Aina, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Not too bad. Could you, would it be a reasonable thing to say that in Ireland that we have seen a diminishment of various species or, or it, them being extinguished altogether because of the amount of development, buildings and roads. And, and land use change as well. Half of our environment, half of, our spe- half of the amount of creatures, wild creatures in Ireland have vanished since 1970. In oh the last God. 50 years, half of it has gone. And, and what's that down to, Anna? It's down to land use change. It's down to building roads, it's down to draining the bogs, it's down to removing turf, it's down to urbanisation, it's down to land use change, essentially, not climate change. Right, okay. And is there any way of kind of striking a balance here between letting animals live and, you know, I suppose people still need places to to live and all the rest of it? Ah, yeah, but they don't have to live in the places where these endangered species are. Since we joined the EU, we have designated um, places to be conserved for birds, for habitat, for species. And the whole country is not covered with these designations. So if you want to do something in a place that's designated, well, then we have to consider the wildlife. There's plenty of places that aren't, you know, designated. And I mean, this is what's happened to Boris Johnson. In Britain, this newt is protected under their wildlife legislation. And he wants to actually build a swimming pool where these youths are. And he can't because they're protected under his own legislation. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and which, uh, ironically, apparently he's given out about uh, before, particularly about uh, protecting youths. Are there, so are there species that people would be familiar with that have, have gone or almost gone in Ireland? Well, there are, of course. I mean, things like corncrakes, things like curlews are practically gone. They're ground nesting birds and they used to nest in hay fields. And now all our um, food for animals is, is silage rather than hay. And the fields are cut in May, first of all, and then later on in July as well. And as a consequence, the ground nesting birds' nests start established when that first cut of silage comes. So that has been a huge land use change when you consider 60% of the country is covered in grass in the first place. That's a make it's you know the cry of the curlew and all that kind of thing that people and all that kind of thing yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's terrible so are do any like are they surviving in any part of the country no ninety percent of the curlews are gone and we have corncrakes on Torrey Island and Maharorty and up in the Mullet Peninsula that's all it's gone everywhere else right. And is there is there any country that you know of that that would be a good example of how to deal with these things? Well, we're a good example. I mean, when people want to do things now, the legislation is put in place. I mean, I remember being asked to do a survey of that. Somebody wanted to build an extension to their house and there was a bat colony there and it was there in the summertime. So we had to wait until they moved into their winter quarters to fix the roof. 
and the roof got fixed and the bats came back then the following year because they had made provision for it. I mean, it doesn't have to be inimicable with development. I mean, if you're building a road, you don't have to put it through the last bit of woodland that's left. You can go around it, make the road a bit bigger. I mean, it just takes cost more money and if we spend the money, we can conserve the wildlife as well. Yeah, okay, but I suppose we're often not prepared to spend the money. Well, I mean, I've been told to my face that people are more important than frogs. Yeah, I suppose people might think that, that they're more important than frogs. Well, perhaps they are, but I mean, the thing is, you can have the frogs and the people with a bit of extra spending and a bit of appreciation, and yeah. people are not willing to do that in some instances. Yeah, so I mean, but could you argue then that apart from domestic pets... Uh, that pretty every species, pretty much every species of animal is under some degree of threat in this country. No, you couldn't because some degree, some animals are increasing because of our activities. Ah. I mean, there's no shortage of rooks, there's no shortage of jackdaws, there's no shortage of pigeons because of the, 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 the way the land is managed suits those kind of creatures. And I mean, we probably have far too many cats and dogs anyway because people got them during COVID and they're not so happy with them now when they're back to work. Yes, there has been a bit of that, all right. You find all this very depressing, Aina? Well, you can either curse the darkness or you can light a candle. And I'm not a curse the darkness person. I'm trying to make people want to conserve wildlife, to see that it's a good idea that we should actually be, you know, sharing our environment with wildlife, because once they're gone, they're gone. I mean, we're actually reintroducing wild species that were made extinct, like the eagles, like the ospreys, the woodpeckers have come back, kites were introduced in Wicklow. You know, so we can actually do it if, if we want to do it and consider that it's valuable. Yeah. Aina, thanks a million for speaking with us today. Uh, that was uh, uh, the author and environmentalist uh, Aina Nilauna there. Uh, we were talking about uh, smells at the start of the show as in deodorants uh, and scents that uh, uh, that men use. Uh, one texter says, my favourite deodorant is called breadcrumbs. The birds love it. Okay, well, the smell of bread is is very nice, I suppose. Uh, and Susie says, my first boyfriend used to wear Lynx Africa. It was his scent until one day we all went out and dabbled in booze. Vomit became his smell thereafter, and he became my ex, uh, says Susie. Yes, indeed. Uh, Odor is a very, very, very powerful way of remembering things. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm. With Anna Glaze. On News Talk.